All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And I can't think of a better start to the weekend than hearing some truly creepy paranormal experiences and stories with two of the top experts in the field. We're talking about Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis of Darkness Radio. All right. Uh, everyone who listens to Talk is Jericho always tells me how much they love my paranormal shows, how uh, excited they are whenever I have all the different topics and all the different stories and incredible experiences. Dave and Tim are two of the top. Uh, they're Darkness Radio. They are now joining the Jericho Network this Monday with Beyond the Darkness. They're taking it a step further, but today they're going to tell us all about the Bloody Bones Man, the black-eyed kids. They're creepy. And the possibility that Bigfoot is really just a ghost. That's right. We're also going to talk about exorcisms, what's myth and what's reality. And Tim has a few personal encounters of his own to share. It's a great episode, funny and fascinating from Dave and Tim. The perfect way to introduce you to their latest podcast, coming to the Jericho Network on Podcast One. Dave and Tim, like I said, they're hosting Beyond the Darkness, and it debuts Monday, December 19th. All right, we got great wrestling podcasts with Keeping It 100 and Killing the Town. We've got one of the funniest pop culture podcasts with Team Tiger Awesome. And now we're proud to announce one of the top paranormal shows, one of the top paranormal teams in the entire field. Beyond the Darkness is joining us here on the Jericho Network Monday, December 19th. And hey, Talk is Jericho fans. I know you love to be the first to know what's up with this podcast, who the guests are going to be each week, when and where the next Talk is Jericho live podcast is going to take place, when the uh, Kevin Owens show is going to air. Uh, that's why Podcast One has created a new automated email system to make sure you never miss a single episode, all right? All you got to do is go to www.podcastone.com slash Jericho to sign up. That's podcastone.com slash Jericho to sign up then we'll be taken care of you we'll let you know exactly when the new show is out what it's all about all you gotta do is sign up at podcast1.com slash jericho that's podcast1.com slash jericho get all the info get all the 411 on tij and do it now talk is jericho okay so uh we're in the very creepy uh land of minnesota which is not the most creepiest area but we have uh, Tim Dennis and Dave Schrader of the Darkness Radio, and um, probably the top paranormal radio show in in the United States today. And is that what you would call it? Is it a paranormal show? Is that what we sure. say? Or yeah, we've uh, we launched on uh, January first, two thousand six, and we are the best in paranormal talk radio. That's at least what our moms tell us. So, we <laughs> <that one>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you guys are, are longtime friends. Oh, yeah. boy. 20, 28 years. Because yeah. I was saying you guys almost look look the same. Yeah. It's like a marriage. You know, you start <laughs> yeah. looking like each other. Well, and I have plastic surgery to make sure I look like Dave. It's a little weird, but we, we go with it's it. It's part of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. well, these guys look like yeah. two weird, creepy twins. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the uh, adult uh, creepy twins from The Shining. <laughs> right. The twins grew up. Come with got, us, Chris. We yeah. want to play please, with you please. forever. We are in a hotel. It could be. It could be. So how do you start doing, like, what, how, how did you guys decide to do a, a paranormal show? Well, we did we did radio together in college. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, we did radio at college and we're mm-hmm. friends, but we never did radio together in right. college. And Tim stayed in radio, and uh, I went on to have seven children. And, and uh, you got and, seven children? Yeah, that's mm. paranormal. Talk about paranormal, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tim Tim stayed in radio, and back in uh, it was around October of two thousand five. He said, "Hey, man, we've got this." Uh, We've got this crappy uh, uh, real estate podcast or show. We've got this crappy uh, gold show and this crappy vitamin show. You want to do a crappy show together? I said, yeah. And he goes, what do you want to do? And I said, uh, he goes, it's Sunday nights, 11 to midnight. I said, let's do paranormal. And he goes, yeah, you think we could come up with that? I said, yeah, let's let's give it a shot. And aside from Coast to Coast with George Norrie and Art Bell, there was really nothing else out there. And there was nothing local. So let's take a stab at it. And uh, 
it grew really quickly. So we went from one hour on Sunday nights to two hours on Sunday nights to Saturday and Sunday nights, three hours to Monday through Friday. And now we're on Monday through Friday, nine to midnight. All the time. And it's, it's interesting because, like I said, I was telling you guys earlier, like on my show on Talk is Jericho here, I have paranormal guests try and do it once a month or so. Sure. People are very, very interested right. in, in all of the different facets, whether it be ghosts or UFOs or you know Ouija boards and all these different things, haunted houses and stuff like that. It's almost kind of like I wonder if it's a guilty pleasure for a lot of people because oh, I don't believe that stuff, but I still want to listen to it, you know, because when you get people that are very committed to what they're talking about, right. whether you believe the story, or whether you don't, it doesn't matter. They believe it. Mm-hmm. And I've always found those are the best interviews. Right. And, you know, we get that comment made a lot to us is they're like, why did you let that guy talk? And I said, because to him, that's a very real experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, this is why we don't have a video camera in studio. Tim and I may be rolling our eyes and laughing and turning our mics off, but we let the guy or gal tell their story, and then we get hundreds of emails of people saying, thank you. I thought I was insane. I had this exact same experience, and and they start to open up and relate, and and you start to realize this isn't just one nut. This is a whole world full of nuts. No, it's a a whole (laughs) uh, phenomena that's taking place. You know, the black-eyed kids, that was one that came to us about four years ago. What's the Black Eyed Kids? Oh, Chris. This oh, is the creepy stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. Kicking oh, yeah. it off right off the bat. Yeah. Start- the, the Black Eyed Kids stories, um, originally they started around the, I think it was mid-90s. There was a reporter. Uh, and I'll get you contact with this guy. He was the first guy to kind of break his experience with the Black Eyed Kids. And they seem to hang out in packs anywhere between one to three kids. Jet black eyes. Not just the color, but the entire sclera. So the entire outline so of the eyes. your entire eye is black. Right, like a shark, right? Um, and they'll want a ride. They'll want to come into your house to use the phone or use your bathroom. And usually people don't notice the eyes at first, but they just get this kind of weird sense of foreboding and fear and, and creep factor. And then all of a sudden, you know, they realize what the children look like in these eyes, and these kids kind of take on this menacing, let us in, we need to use your phone, just let us in, and they'll repeat the same statements over and over. And it gets really kind of chilling with, with some of these stories. And, you know, it sounded urban legendy to us mm-hmm. until we started opening it up on our show. And we were talking about these, these different cases of um, people encountering these black-eyed kids. And we've gotten them from every race, religion, age group, people that have had these experiences. And then we started hearing from uh, Afghani and Iraqi war veterans that were seeing these kids during wartime. Wow. And, and the kids would show up. Um, you know, one of the, the creepiest that we had here in the Twin Cities, um, about three years ago, we had just rain nonstop for weeks. And this couple listened to our show. And they used to watch the news, go to bed, listen to Darkness Radio before they'd go to bed. And so they they were into the paranormal, understood what was going on. She said, so one night they're getting ready to go to bed and they hear kids playing around outside. And the husband, what are they doing out at 10 o'clock at night? She said, well, it's been raining so much lately. You know, the kids are probably driving their parents crazy. We used to play in the rain when we were kids. Eh, Whatever, they go to bed. About two or three in the morning, she wakes up standing Next to her bed are three kids. Wow. Jet black eyes. What? She goes, Dave, I've listened to your show enough to know, you know, you, you have this hypnopompic state and hypnagogic state. Those are the two moments coming in a, into sleep or out of sleep when reality and dream world can mesh. So she said, I, I listen. I know that I'm going to close my eyes, take a te- couple deep breaths, and they're going to be gone. So she says, she closes her eyes, takes a couple deep breaths, opens her eyes, and they're still standing there. She starts to open her mouth to scream, and the little girl in the middle steps forward and puts her finger to her lips and goes, Shh, we just want to look at you. 
Yeah. She wow. lets out a scream. The husband flips on the lights. Kids are gone. They do an entire inspection of this house, turning every light on in the house. Can't find them. The two of them stay huddled in bed with every light burning. Oh, in the I'm house sure. Until morning hours, four or five in the morning, sun starts coming up. They finally are able to relax, and then they start hearing laughter outside again. So you've got these stories where usually the kids can't get in unless you're invited. It's almost like the demonic or vampire, vampire lore, history, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You have to invite them in, and they're always trying to get you. Um, another uh, example, we had a couple got married. They were at a resort for their honeymoon. It was one of those all-inclusive resorts. Got married on the beach that day. They're taking a nice long walk as the sun's setting on the beach. They get down by the pier, and there's this little girl in what looks like like a white um, uh, negligee you know, or, or uh, yeah, night, night nighty, shirt. yeah. And uh, she's calling them, please help me, help me. And they're like, wow, what's going on? They start walking, and they're following her. She gets underneath the pier and starts to walk into the water. Please help me. And they're looking at each other like, this is weird. And they're like, we're going to go back and get some help. She's like, no, come help me. And she's beckoning them, and she starts to walk out of the water, and that's when they see the jet black eyes. They get really unnerved. They're like, we'll be right back. We're going to go get help. They turn around and start hightailing it up the beach, and they realize only their footprints are in the sand, Wow, not the little girl. And the really creepy part to them was they'd only walked a short way, but when they turned back around, they were way down, like a mile from their resort. Hmm. Very unnerving, creepy experiences right. like that. And, you know, again, we kind of laughed and listened to these stories. And David Weatherly, if you haven't had him on the show, you should. He's kind of one of the premier guys that talks about the black-eyed kids. But these cases started opening up. We got more and more calls and more and more emails about these. And people are begging for stories on the black-eyed kids. So we've amassed a pretty large collection of, of tales of these creatures. And then, again, where you start laughing at what people are, you know, what are they really thinking? We get an email from a guy who says, listen to the show all the time. Love the content. I don't believe a word anybody says. I think they're all nuts. The paranormal doesn't exist. But with that said... I had this experience when I was a kid. Hmm. And he said, I was laying in bed, roll over, and there's a man in bed with me. And it's like a Freddy Krueger looking skinned, you, you know, that burned, burned yeah. bloody skin. But he's not facing the kid. His back is to the kid, and he's laying in bed next to him. And his kid's heart's racing. What do I do, right? He said he couldn't see the face, but he could tell it was smiling. So he laid there for a little bit, finally got the nerve up, rolled off, and took off to his parents' room. Hmm. Gets to his parents' room, then thinks, oh, if I wake them up and this is just a bad dream, I'm going to get in trouble. So he starts to go back, and then he hears the bed move and creak and a thump on the floor. Boom, he's back in the room with his parents. So this guy who didn't believe in the paranormal, thinks it all sounds nuts, had his own experience. Right. Suddenly we start getting more emails on the Bloody Bones Man. And this we've come to laugh on our show because we think uh, the tie-in to the evil is is bunk beds because 90% of the stories we get are, I had a bunk bed in my room. So we're like, Ikea's trying to kill the world by infusing us with bunk beds. Uh, But one of the other kids said, my little brother slept on the bottom bunk. I slept on the top bunk. And he goes, my little brother would get scared. He'd climb up there. We'd lay and talk or, or, you know, he'd just lay next to me. He goes, one night I'm laying there facing the walls and I feel the bed rocking and the blanket lifts up. So I roll over to face my little brother and there's this raw bloody man in my bed just smiling with these yellow teeth and these creepy eyes it never speaks never says anything it just stares and he said and this kid just laid there locked eyes with this creature until the sun started to come through the window and then the kid just rolled away from it and closed his eyes so then he felt the blankets drop and the thing was gone Hmm. and then more and more people start sharing these stories you know we had the one lady's like i don't even know i wanted to tell the story but i'm not sure i should she goes "My, my boyfriend and i are going at it on the couch pretty hot and heavy and having sex and she goes and and he leans down at the moment of impact and 
she looks over her shoulder, and this guy's standing at the end of the couch just watching them. Wow. Yeah. So our big question was, did you let him finish? (laughs) (laughs) See, but my question is, 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 is a couple things that you brought up here. First of all, it's amazing when... Like you said, when you breach the subject and open it up. Right. And you're like, well, okay, black-eyed kids, come on. And then suddenly you have all these other cases of black-eyed kids. Mm -hmm. So either everybody is lying, there's a mass conspiracy to mess with Dave and Tim on the darkness radio, or there's a bunch of weirdos just waiting to, I'm going to say I saw, or there's actually where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm -hmm. And there's people that are just, this happened with the the guy Wes who does the uh, Sasquatch Chronicles out of Portland. Right. Had Mm -hmm. a story, said, I got nowhere else to tell it, I'm going to put it up on, on my show, on this show. Suddenly, all of these people who had all these Bigfoot Sasquatch appearances are like, thank God that we have somebody to talk to now. Mm-hmm. And then you guys almost become like the bartenders. You know, you got a story for me, kid? What's wrong? What's wrong? You know, drown your sorrows here and tell me your tell me your problems. But what are the black-eyed kids? Do we have any theories of what they might be? Are they ghosts? Well, there's, there's theories. It could be ghosts, demonic in nature. Because, you know, if you talk to uh, demonologists like... Uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, right. uh, you know, who the Conjuring movies are based on. Their nephew, John Zaffis. Yeah, John Zaffis has been on this show. Right. And uh, John will tell you, usually a demonic will take on a human form, but something's off. Mm. You know, like a, a misshapen arm, or you can't see the legs, or the eyes are black. So it could be demonic. Uh, there's also a big contingent that believes that these are alien-human hybrids. Right. So you're getting that kind of human look with the big jet black eyes. So it's it's hard to say. You know, we've only had a couple of people that have let them in reportedly and um one was a prisoner who lived big with the prison population in minnesota they get to listen late at night can they listen at night yeah they, they I guess put a radio so. on or something yeah because oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we get we get letters and, and emails from the prison system. and pictures yeah and uh you know I, I always try to send them a nice picture of tim on a bathroom well, sure, you know. just to you know keep them happy but um we get these letters and they, the guy said, I heard those black-eyed kid stories. i got to tell you, he goes, my grandfather's the only guy who's been a stand-up guy for me since I was put in jail. I messed up as a kid. He's the only one that stood by me, and he talked to me. Strong guy, you know, blah, 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 tells us his story. He goes, he's talking to his grandfather on the phone. Somebody's knocking at the door. He can hear the kids out there saying, can we come in? We need to use your phone. He's like, no, I'm on the phone. you got to go somewhere else. And they, being very persistent, the old man just shuts the door. Then he says, uh, they keep talking, all of a sudden they start knocking again and banging. And the grandfather, you know, Jesus Christ, I, I'll talk to you again later. i got to go take care of these kids. Hangs up the phone. The next day, the, the grandfather's dead. What? Natural causes, just drops dead. But it was right after he talked about these three weird so kids that showed up kids and kept in. assuming yeah. in. Right. Now, and we had a grandmother story like that, very similar. So, again, is it people trying to be a part of it? Sure. There's always going to be a contingent of somebody trying to inject themselves in a story. That's why when a murder takes place, you have people admit to it that have nothing to do with it. Well, they sure. want that, that When something fame. monumental happens, it's like, oh, I was there. Well, really? Because right. there's 14 people that sit there and there's two people in the room. Right. So somebody's lying. Yeah. So you have that contingent. But then you also, you know, is it an awakening when people start talking about it? We've, you, you said, you know, there's suddenly there's this big interest in the paranormal. You know, people are kind of coming out. And we've, you know, this is cyclical. The spiritual movement just keeps coming back. Uh, How do you mean? Well, you know, you had it all throughout history. There's these moments, and especially during wartime when the spiritualist movement, people want to know more beyond the life that we understand. Right. And you had 9-11. And all of a sudden, people start returning in droves. Remember that to church. People, churches were talking. They were overflowing. And I went to some of these churches. I wanted answers. I want to know what's God's plan. Why did this happen to us? Right. And you get in there, and all of a sudden, you realize 
church wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. They didn't know. So what they see, all of a sudden they've got 10 times the people coming in. Let's talk about tithing. Give us your money. Give right, us your money. Right, right. And turned a lot of people off. Right. And I'm not against church or, or religion, but you know that they didn't know how to deal with it. So people started seeking answers outside. Then you have shows like Most Haunted from Europe starts to creep into our TV, and then Fear Factor and all these other shows. You know, MTV's Fear, and you know where they're putting people in haunted locations, and it's funny and it's entertaining, and and you get to see what's going on. And then Ghost Hunters breaks in the United States, and now all of a sudden it becomes water cooler topic you can talk about it and it's not as weird mm-hmm. because everybody's ch- talking about it and you know cbs had ghost whisperer nbc had medium supernatural on the cw you've got ghost hunters on uh, sci-fi you've got ghost adventures on travel you've got Everywhere. paranormal state on annie you have the haunted on animal planet every channel had some variation of a paranormal show so it, it allowed people that had been sitting on these weird stories to kind of come forward now and not be so afraid to chat about right this is what happened. You know, because when the Amityville horror story broke, you start talking about your house being haunted, people roll their eyes and think you're nuts. Mm. Now people go, really, what happened? You know, it's a, right. it's a lot more well, open. Well, especially now because there's so many other movies about it. You got right. The Conjurings, you got those ones, Insidious, and all that sort of things. You know, so what's, what's the, some of the favorite guests that you've had on, Tim, that you could think of? Gosh, you know, I have, uh, I have a, a few of them. Um, one of the favorite shows that we've done that I think about quite often is one of the earlier shows we've done with Chip Coffee, Psychic uh, from Paranormal State, uh, Psychic Kids. And it had to do with um, uh, John, Lennon. John Lennon. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and with uh, Mark David Chapman. Hmm. And it had to do with... Um, this woman's name was Maria Simpson. That was yeah. her pretend name. Her she pretend didn't want to say who she yeah. really was. That was the psychic's name? No. no, uh, no, no Chip the, Coffee was a psychic. Right. Maria Simpson was a friend of his. Okay. And she, she was using a pseudonym. Gotcha. Right. And she put up Mark David Chapman at her house. And this had everything to do with Mark David Chapman and whether he was possessed by the devil hmm. before he had shot John Lennon. And, and this, this episode was quite interesting in that it kind of balanced whether he was mentally unstable or genuinely possessed. And in that, Chip kind of took you on this journey where he, he argued a little bit for possession, but he also argued the mental illness part of it as well. Uh, that show is fascinating to me. A lot of the haunting shows with Andrea Perrin. Um, from The Conjuring? Yep, yeah, she's from The Conjuring. Uh, Karen Smurl. Uh, those shows uh, are quite fascinating to me. The exorcism shows we do are, are fascinating to me. I don't know what, what it is about the demonic possession stuff, but that tends to grab me quite a bit. Well, let's slow down a bit. Going back to the Mark David Chapman thing, mm-hmm. was the prognosis that he was possessed, or was he just mentally ill, or what was, what was the, uh, the final verdict on that? Uh, you know, in that show, I don't know that it was... Yeah, I don't think we had a final verdict, but yeah, I think it left didn't. the idea that he may have been easier to attach to because he had right. a mental imbalance. Mm-hmm. And what really stood out about that show is as I'm talking to this woman and she's opening up about it, and you can hear her reliving these moments that she knew Mark David Chapman, and they'd gone, I think it was something about her family and youth group, and he was part of this youth group and used to hang out with them. He showed up to their house yeah, like yeah. a week before he assassinated uh, Lennon. Lennon. And I asked her on air, I said, Maria, do you think he came maybe to get you, get your family? Mm-hmm. And and then realized that you had more people there than he was expecting? And she just had this wicked pause, and then she's like, God, I've never thought of that. That's bone chilling. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, it makes you wonder what's, you know, what was really going on with this guy. So I think... You know, it could be a little bit of both. Maybe he was mentally unstable, which made it easier to possess. Weak-minded makes right. it easier for possession, right? Sure. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. Talk to me about some of the exorcisms. Like, Is this an actual thing that happens in the United States? Because you always seem to hear about it like in Europe or something. Uh, yeah, actually, what's really bizarre now is how many more exorcists are working in the United States. You yeah. know, when the exorcist movie broke out, I think what they say there was maybe like 20 exorcists in the United States alone. Now there's like the, the Vatican's teaching courses on it. What? Yeah. 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 I read about it. I mean, they're, they're really pushing this agenda. They have an on-staff exorcist who does like 100 exorcisms a day. It's some insane amount. Really? Right. Yeah. Do the research. It's It's weird. But now they're they they have these courses that they teach on exorcism, and they're leaning on people. You know, the the Catholic Church leaned on Ed Warren as a you know a, he wasn't a priest, he wasn't any, but he was a layman who worked with them to go investigate these claims to see if they were real, and then they would bring in the church if Ed and Lorraine kind of signed off and said, yeah, this is this is off. Um, and as many detractors as Ed and Lorraine had, the church believed in them, which says something to you because they didn't want to waste time on crazy. Mm-hmm. So they had these two go out and kind of field those questions to begin with. It's amazing how uh, if you know about paranormal, you really don't know about Ed and Lorraine Warren until over the last few years after The Conjuring came out and just find out how much influence they had as far sure. as being involved in this world. And now Ed has passed away and right. Lorraine is, is, is sick. But you never really knew about these people. Now everyone talks about Ed and Lorraine Warren. It was well, almost they, an underground thing. They actually no, they were they were huge for their time. Were they? they? Were, oh, they were everywhere. Um, they had like six or seven books out, and they've you know mm-hmm. they they really kind of were the forefront of the paranormal. But they the craze wasn't as popular as it is now. So you know you've you've had people who've been a part of this for a long time who rode the rails you know your your uh, William Roll Dr. William Roll um Hans Holzers uh Dr. Barry Taff uh Ed and Lorraine Warren John Zaffis uh Dr. Andrew Nickel people like that that have been involved in this for years mm-hmm. but they just weren't uh reality show mm, stars right, right, you know right, so right. they didn't and, yeah. and they weren't good looking young uh people in in hot outfits and and tight t-shirts that drew the attention right. of millions of adoring fans these were people out in the field cutting their teeth on this to begin with so that all of us now can they were kind of like the pioneers ride that way right they're the wave that we're riding in they're they're who taught us and you know it's sad that a lot of people don't realize that ed and lorraine were as big as they were but their books have been out forever i remember my mom having stacks of them at home hans holzer d scott rogo uh william roll all of these cases and and you'd read about them and yeah see all the stuff have you had a, a an exorcist on the show We've had Many, numerous, yeah, yeah exorcists. Any chilling tales from uh, their ceremonies or anything? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, we've had, um, we lost a good friend, Father Andrew Calder, who worked, uh, he was on an episode or two of um, Paranormal State, uh, one of their more controversial episodes where they dealt with a possession. I Am Six, I think was the name of the yep. episode. And um, he's since passed away. Uh, but, yeah, some of these cases they'd go into, and it was funny, we had John, Bly, uh, John Zaffis and Adam Bly on our show. And Adam works very closely, almost like an Ed Warren, with the the Catholic diocese to investigate these claims. And he's assisted on many exorcisms. Where he cannot perform the exorcism, he's there to assist, like Ed would do. 
And he and John would say, you know, it's funny. Possessed people are really good cooks. And they always want to make food for you. And I thought, well, man, the last thing I'm going to do is eat something a possessed person <laughs> is handing over to me. But, you know, they would tell these funny stories. And he, uh, Adam would talk about the fact that, you know, these people are kind of held to a chair. And you're kind of holding them down trying to get through the the invocation of exorcism on them or evocation. And he says their hands would break backwards and bend <sighs> upwards, making like claw-like figures. Chairs would begin to rise up off the floor. Um, things that you see and hear about in horror movies. And... You know that that's crazy when you realize these guys are out on the forefront, really dealing with it. Now, on on the other side, I think a lot of people think they're dealing with the demonic, and they're just people that are are looking to be victims. And they're, well, I, I must I'm addicted to porn because it's a demon. Mm-hmm. No, because right, right. porn's hot. You know, it is what it is. Right, Let's just right. take the blame. Don't blame it on yeah on, on a, a demon. demon. Right, right. You know, your cocaine addiction has nothing to do with d- the demonic. Uh, doesn't mean that maybe spirits and things can't influence you, but you know. I, we always have, have thing, an issue yeah. with that, but uh, yeah, we've you know we've heard a lot of weird stories of, you know, it's not always like you see on on uh, a TV or movies, you know. But um, uh, there's a really good book by Ed and Lorraine Warren called uh, Satan's Harvest, and they at the beginning of the Conjuring movie, the first one, they're talking about it. The Maurice, I think his name is, and he's that guy that they keep showing with the eyes rolled back, mm-hmm. and they're dealing with that exorcism that really took a piece out of Lorraine. That book is chilling, and that's hmm. a creepy story with doppelgangers, full-on possession. Um, it, it's a it's a hell of a story if you get a chance to read that or hmm. explore that one. Uh, just kind of adding to the point a little bit, we had Sonia Bros on the show a couple of weeks ago, who's an exorcist as well, um, and she said something very interesting in that if you can if you can write an email to an exorcist saying you're possessed, you're not possessed. Wow. Which is, I thought was kind of an interesting point. If you can reach out for help, you're probably not possessed. Because the demon would not allow that? Right. The right. demon wouldn't allow you to con- reach out and make contact. Mm. As a matter of fact, the demons try to, uh, we've even had radio shows where we're talking and things are crackling and cutting out and, and equipment shuts down in the middle of talking the Talking to someone who claims to be possessed or something? Yeah, or, or mm. our um, uh, demonologists or exorcists. And, and stuff just starts shutting down. Mm-hmm. And you, how do you make sense of it? You know? Right. Um, I mean, you're in a big studio where stuff just doesn't do that. Right. right. And, uh, again, I, I'm on the fence about the whole idea of the demonic. I understand it's out there, and I know it happens. I'm just not as sure that people are always, you know, we'll get the calls. Dave, I think, I'm, I, I think I've got a demon. I'm like, okay, you're safe. Well, yeah. I didn't even tell you my story. I go, you said enough. If you think you have a demon, you don't have a demon. <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and then we try to look at the logical with our show. It's all about educate, enlighten and entertain people. We're going to make you laugh. We're going to make you think we're going to freak you out from time to time. But the idea is to, to really kind of investigate these claims. And I'll, I'll ask, why? OK, why, Chris, why do you think that you have a demon? Well, I'm sitting in my living room and my grandmother's favorite plate flies off the wall and shatters on the ground. OK, yeah. OK, yeah, it shattered. Well, did it make like a 666? No. Did it fall into a pentagram? No. Why is that a demon? What was my grandma's favorite plate, Dave? My grandma's favorite plate. And I'm like, so you mean to tell me today, roll call in hell, Satan's like, all right, you, Ezra, you're going to go mess with the Iraq, right? You're going to go make Donald Trump president, and you, go break grandma's plate. You know, what is that, like the idiot nephew of Satan that gets that job? Can I do something? Yeah. All right. I broke a plate. plate. I broke a plate. That's the the big call for that demon. Right. You know, and then I I woke up and I had three scratches. No. 
come on, if it's a demon, Chris, is it going to leave three little red marks? Mm. I, I feel if, if it's a demon, it's going to gut you. <laughs> you know, it's going to let you know. No, I've been places and I've been scratched. I don't know if it's a demon or a ghost or something just trying to get our attention. But I also tell people you got to pay attention to detail, right? When you tell me you're, you wake up in the morning, you have scratches, and it's, it couldn't be me. There's three scratches. Well, who said that demons have three fingers? But I always tell people, put your hand on you and scratch yourself right now. Your pinky doesn't really hit. Your thumb catches the corner. The only three fingers that really hit are your three middle fingers, and that's where you're going to get your scratches from. So a lot of us scratch and have no clue that we even did that or, or aware sure, that we sure. did it. So a lot of it is just kind of common sensing people through situations. But you said, you said you've been somewhere and you've been scratched. You're talking about going out on, on excursions? To, yeah. So what, 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 tell me the story. Actually, I had a really weird place, and I can never remember the damn name of the place, which is probably good because I, I don't know if I'd be arrested for going in there. We were there not really legally. Legally. <laughs> it's a college in California that has an old mental hospital on site. And uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. Lindavis is the only one that sticks in mind, and I know that's not it. But we went in to investigate, and I was with Bill Murphy from Factor Fake Sci-Fi's TV show and, and a couple other people to investigate. And uh, I walked. We were walking around in this building, and I come out, and Bill goes, what happened? I go, what do you mean? He goes, dude, you're bleeding. I'm like, where am I bleeding? And sure enough, I had this blood pouring down the side of my face. And he goes, let me document this. I go, Bill, you can't document it. I don't know that I didn't scratch myself or catch myself on something I just didn't notice. We, we can't document it, right? But you could see the skin was lifted. It was something caught me. So I, I just dismiss it. I go into the bathroom, take a leak. I turn around to wash my hands, and there's no scratch and there's no blood. And I walk back out, and I go, all right, we should have documented it. And he goes, why? And I go, where is it? And they're all looking. They're like, get out of here. Because it was one of those where it's bleeding, and I wiped it away, and the blood would start pouring out mm-hmm. again. So it wasn't just like maybe something had dripped on me, and I wiped it away, and it was gone. This was a, a continual somewhere, right, right cut, gone. Um, you know, uh, shadow people at Waverly Hills Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky. I'd heard all these stories of the shadow people in big black, this ginormous black shadow figure that that's known to walk around. And Tina, the owner, is walking me down the hall after we set everybody off to the investigation. She goes, Schrader, turn off your flashlight. We're going to look for shadow people. So I kind of roll my eyes. Again, I know what our eyes are capable of in the dark, and you're always looking for light, and things are going to always look like something's moving in the distance. We're, we're like eight steps in. She goes, look at that, look at that. And sure enough, it looks like this head and shoulders kind of leaning out of a door looking at us. But I can hear the wind blowing. That's the side of the building that didn't have windows at that time. And we had a full moon going because everybody was excited to be ghost hunting on the night of a full moon. And I'm thinking, you know what this is? It's a shadow of one of the branches just mm-hmm. bobbing. So I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's cool, Tina. And as I turn and walk, there's just like you in front of me, full form 3D figure walking at me. And it walks through me, shoulder oh. to shoulder, goes right through me. And I wish I could say, oh, I've, you know, I sneezed, I farted, I tingled something. Nothing happened. I just watched this thing. And I turned around and I go, what the f- is that? And you could see it walking down the hall. And all of a sudden, boom, the whole hallway's jet black. You can't see the end of the hall. And she goes, oh, that's big black. And then all of a sudden, you could see the end of the hall again. And he was not there. But I, I watched it walk through me as it went through my shoulder. I could see the side of the face and everything. There was no detail. It was just this black amorphous figure that walked right through me hmm. so how do you explain those kind of things you know when when just even when we start questioning and some of this is just manufactured mind problems then you run into things like that you just can't dismiss it how do you explain like what, what was your thoughts when you got into this you said you were doing it because well you've got a crappy real estate show and you got a crappy you know <laughs> a gold show and a crappy show. vitamin show right, right. so right. if you're going to do the, the crappy haha paranormal show did you guys have some sort of connection some ties just an open mind or just thought it was a cool subject 
Tim has had experiences through his life, mm-hmm. uh, kind of being visited just before or after people have died in dream form mm-hmm. and, in, yep. and in mental form. I've, I, my grandmother used to visit me after she passed away when I was very little, and I don't remember the stories, but I would tell my my family about it. And I'd say, you know, Grandma was here, and she was funny. She didn't have all of her teeth, and I'd describe what she was wearing. And she was buried in a closed casket. So the only people that knew what she was buried in were my aunt and my grandfather and the mortician. And I described to a T how she had been buried and the fact that they did remove her false teeth for burial. Wow. Um, And then I grew up in a haunted house. I just had so many weird things happen. I mean, you'd be in one room, and you could hear people running around upstairs. You go upstairs, and there's nobody else home. Or you'd be upstairs, and you could hear the TV on downstairs. You go downstairs, and there's nobody there. So it wasn't a creepy haunted home but there was definitely something going on uh i had a bigfoot sighting when i was about 12 in foley alabama no kidding yeah my grandparents had 40 acres out there and they only used about 10 of them and my cousin and i used to go fishing in the pond you'd hear this big stomping around in the woods and when they were sitting there fishing we hear i'm like what the hell and at the back of the pond there are these high bushes all of a sudden this like chewbacca hand because i remember the long fur over the tips of the fingers pushes down the top of the bush so i can see from about bridge in the nose or right under the nose and up and there's this big berry gib black and gray kind of mane staring at me in this deep inset face my cousin and i looked at each other and we scooby-dooed it up the hill to our you know home your cousin saw it too yeah and I, we thought you know maybe it's one of our parents screwing with us our dads were were like that but we got up there everybody was there so my grandfather my dad and uncle all grabbed their rifles went out there to see maybe it was a some dirty hippie hanging out in the woods there but this thing was monstrous when he went back there my dad's you know five foot ten i'm six foot tall you know and the bushes are still a good i don't know four five six inches over our heads and this thing just pushed him down and looked at wow. me wow uh to ufos That's crazy, yeah man. ufos in trout lake washington at the assetti ranch and when you go to washington next you got to go visit that guy that place what is it crazy stuff it's isetti ranch e-c-e-t-i dot o-r-g go check out the website he's like grizzly adams big mountain man big hippie great guy and you'll see the weirdest stuff happen over his property james gilliland yeah james gilliland Mm, ufos i saw and i'll send you an email after this so i can show you what i had an artist recreate what i saw i saw this thing fly out from behind the trees and it looked like a stingray and it was glowing blue. It wasn't lighting up the sky, but it was like, you know, like an ice pack, how it's got that iridescent kind of blue look to it. Yeah. It's, it was that, and it swam through the sky and went behind the bushes. It looked like a bad 1980s movie video effect. I'm grabbing rocks, and I'm running towards those trees, and I'm winging rocks from them. I'm sure I'm going to hear, because I'm thinking he's projecting on a screen or something between those trees. Nothing there. I come walking back to Gill, and I'm like, whatever. And he goes, what did you see? I said, I saw this blue craft. And then he goes, oh, yeah, man, that's a half biological, half machine. It's it's the way it gets in between dimensions. And I had the same look you're giving me. And I'm like, I just saw this, and you sound high. <laughs> you know? I'm like, what are you talking about? But it was there. I saw it for myself. I brought the paranormal state crew. You know, They were all about the demonic and, and demons. And they went with me to go do an episode called First Contact at uh, the Assetti Ranch. And we caught all kinds of weird stuff going on in the skies over there. So... It's it's crazy. So that's just that's what kind of launched us into this. And Tim Tim was willing to go along on the journey with me when I said paranormal. He goes, really? I said, yeah, man. Nobody else is doing it. We both had experiences. Let's talk about it. And to his credit, he he jumped. What on. experiences did you have, Tim? I had one when I was really young that just shut me down. It scared the hell out of me. I I had had what I'm convinced is an out of body experience where I watched my great grandfather pass away. Wow. And uh, I saw my grandmother on one side of him, my great aunt on the other side of him, and they were telling him it was okay to go. And I woke up, I ran into my parents' room, 
and I was crying, and I said, great-grandpa's passed away, my great-grandpa Trombley. My dad said, no, 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 honey, he's sick, but he hasn't passed away. And in my kid mind, I, I think it was probably 10, 15 minutes later. It might have been longer than that. Phone rang. My parents had a phone in their room. And uh, my dad picked up the phone. It was my grandmother. She described exactly how I described it in the room. I was on the ceiling. I was floating on the ceiling and looking down at it as, as in the dream. And she described it exactly as I as I had told it to my dad. Hmm. And my dad had this sick look on his face. And he had said, so he's gone. And at that point, I started crying. I, I, I thought I had killed my, my great-grandpa. Mm, right, right, right. So... My dad's in shock. My my mom is like, oh, my baby has the SP. She's all happy. <laughs> and I'm flipping out. And, and my dad just says, go in the other room, pour yourself a bowl of Fruity Pebbles and watch cartoons. And I thought, well, now I'm freaked out. And so I really didn't want much to do with the paranormal except for watching In Search of by Leonard Nimoy. Great show, yeah. That, that was like the one thing that kept me tied to it. And really, with the exception of of darkness radio i had had the other paranormal experience i really had that that got me back in touch with it again was i was in my mid-20s and um i'd gone out to colorado for my cousin's wedding my uncle david was sick with uh with uh leukemia and he had had some lung issues as well and he was he was pretty much on death stories waiting for my cousin to uh, get married and then i think pretty much at that point he knew he could let go and we were coming back from Colorado. That was the first time I'd ever been to the Stanley Hotel as well. I went to oh, yeah, the tour. classic Shining yes. Hotel, the yeah. Overlook. Yep. And um, so we were on our way back. And, you know, you kind of have that feeling when you, when you sit with someone that's, that's kind of the last time you're going to see them type of deal. And we sat and we watched Raw. We were having a great time watching wrestling and, and having a great time. And, and Ask us. I know, <laughs> totally right. Um, and uh, and so uh, we, we we had a great time, and and I kind of thought, well, you know, if it's the last time I saw him, you know, it, we had a good yeah. we had a good time, and we said good, our good goodbyes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got home exhausted, stayed up for the entire twelve and a half hour drive home, hit the sheets, went to sleep, and I had this dream, and it was a stereotypical dream where you got the clouds in the sky behind you, and there's my uncle David standing there, the way he appeared to me when he was when I was a kid. And he was a truck driver, over-the-road truck driver. And he had the slick back brill cream pompadour and the typical Western wear on with the big belt buckle and the boots. And he said, you know what, kid? It isn't so bad here. And I said, so bad where? And he goes, on the other side. And I said, you died? And he goes, well, yeah. He goes, but don't worry about it. I know you got some issues and you're worried about what happens when you pass on, but don't. He said, I'll be here when you, when you pass away. I'll be here when you get here. Don't worry about it. And I was just like, uh, okay. And I go, but I have questions. And he goes, you shouldn't. You'll find out when you get here. Everybody has, to, everybody has their own questions that they have, to, they have when they get here. But it, you'll get them answered when you get here. So I thought, well, that sucks because <laughs> I have a lot of questions, right? Um, but then I woke up from the dream and I went, oh, and I called my mom and I said, do you know, did Uncle David die? And she goes, well, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I just pretty much came home and went to sleep. I said, call Lorraine and find out if he passed away because I just had this dream. And she said, well, okay. So she called my aunt, called back and said, yeah, he passed when we were when we were on the road, but she didn't want to call us because she was afraid we would turn back oh. and come back. 
at that point, I was like, oh, God, now I'm having dreams where I'm killing people again. Yeah, and, I, right, you know, right, right. and I felt a little guilty, but I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. And at that point, I was like, oh, you know what? I, I don't want to do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so then when, when Dave brought up the show, I thought, you know what? I do. I, I do want to find out more about this. I really do. I, it's, and it was important at the time that, you know, if I'm going to go on this journey, I'm going to find out more about it. I want to go through it with my best friend. I want to attack it with a sense of humor because that's the way we are. I want to go through it and, and learn more about it. And much like it, Dave, and Dave can attest to it too, I went through a period where I didn't know what I believed. I was raised Catholic. I, I was an altar boy for three years. And I had my beliefs, or at least thought I had my beliefs. And then in my 20s, I had this crisis of faith where I didn't know what I believed. Right. And you're scared that maybe there's nothing after you die. So then you go, oh, God, what if there is nothing? So now you got to start searching out your own answers. And for me, the beginning of the show was really me searching out these answers. For yourself. Yeah. 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 So it's cathartic. You know, it's interesting because I've had those dreams, two specific ones, one after uh, both for wrestling guys. One was a guy called Art Barr that I was in Mexico with. Mm-hmm. He passed away, and I had a dream after similar to this, like, you know, it's okay, I'm all right. And then I had one after Chris Benoit died. Well, it was really? kind of like a, they gave me some messages and stuff like that. So I, I think that I personally think that all of us have a little bit of a sixth sense, shall right. we say. Sure. And I think if you have an open mind that that will be more trans, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be more transparent, it will happen. Because I think you have to be a real egotistical as a human being to think that there's nothing after life, that there's no other uh, life on other planets, right. that there's something, that there's nothing weird in the forest that's 90% covering the world or, or the ocean. That's, you know what I mean? Like there's too many unknown charted places physically and ethereally for you to think, okay, well, we're the only ones that are here. Right. And there are people that believe that we had a conversation this weekend in the locker room of complete atheists. When you die, you're just done. I can't believe that. It, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem right as as what we are as as a, as, a, as a race and as spiritual people that you would just go dark and that's it. Let me ask you this, Chris. I know I'm turning the table on you here, but have have you ever had the feeling inside when somebody's died, like you knew the moment they died, um, or had a dream where they they died? Because I have. I have not. Well, you mentioned just two times you have. Well, no, I mean the moment they died, and this is the, this is when it happened. It was my mom's dad. And your grandfather, my grandfather. Yeah. I knew the moment he died because I had fallen asleep and I had a dream where a star shot from earth to the, to the heavens. And I woke up and I knew that moment, that was the moment he passed. I got on the phone. I called my, my mom's house and I said, he's gone, isn't he? And she said, yeah, just about three minutes ago. So you knew that. I knew it. I just felt it for that. I, I, I like, I sat up in bed. I like, I shot up and I went, he's gone. Mm -hmm. I just knew. Which is weird. It was the weirdest feeling in, in that it represented itself in a dream at that moment. See, but I've also had times where, like, for example, even just with Lemmy, for example, I, I went to his birthday party, his 70th birthday party last year. Mm-hmm. I went and said hi to him. He hardly was talking. Gave me a pinky shake. You know those things you do when you're a kid where you... Pinky swear, right? Pinky mm-hmm. swear. And I just, that mindset, I'm never going to see him again. And... He died like literally two weeks later. And so I don't know. I think sometimes you have those things where this is the last time I'm going to see this person. I know this, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think that, that that one of the reasons why people are so intrigued by the subjects that we're talking about and the concept of what we're talking about is because all of us have a little bit in, in, in us, some more than others, just like anything else, 
Um, but I've always thought it's pretty egotistical to not think that there's other right. stuff out there. Yeah. Well, you know? let me just put you at ease, though, Chris. I know a lot about Tim. The only dreams he's had with you involve an Elvis costume and a unicorn. Nice. So don't worry. Yeah. About well, that. it's funny that you guys are in here now. The Elvis costume is all waiting in the other <laughs> really? room. Really? So you guys are getting out of here. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> see? I'll leave you two alone. I think. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dave, you mentioned earlier about being a monster of the week type of guy sometimes when you host Coast to Coast. Have you had a lot of uh, people calling in about certain monsters and cryptozoology type things? Uh, yeah, Bigfoot, of course, big. Right. The, you know, but then I think cryptozoology is kind of expanding to things like Slender Man and some of the black-eyed kids and the Bloody Bones Man. So I think that kind of uh, has evolved to... Give us a quick rundown on Slender Man and Bloody Bones Man. Was Bloody Bones Bloody Man the Freddy Krueger guy? Freddy Krueger looking gotcha. guy that we talked about at the Who's beginning. Who's the Slender Man? Uh, Slender Man, you know, this is actually... Uh, this I love is, how they have names, too. Right. Well, this is kind of a fascinating uh, topic because Slender Man, um, if you recall about two years ago, there were the uh, three little girls in Wisconsin. The two girls took their friend into the woods and then brutally stabbed her multiple oh times gosh. because they were trying to appease Slender Man so he would let them into his magical kingdom or whatever no big news story and then about a week later another slender man attack where the guy Mm -hmm. i think killed his mom or grandmother to try to appease slender man yeah slender man the character uh there's a video game you can play for your phone i think called slender there's a movie that they're working on right now but slender man is this tall faceless creepy character sometimes he's got these like spider legs out of his back uh spindly usually seen with children or trying to coerce children but it was created as an internet contest on like a creepy pasta kind of or creepy pasta kind of website a few years back. So we can actually track the genesis. But now people have caught photographs and some weird video and people have related seeing this. So when we started hearing this, we actually started doing some digging. And all of a sudden we realized this character didn't just begin when this guy created it on, on the internet. To him, it was his creation, but there are variations of the same character and iterations of him that, that go way back into Egyptian times. Hmm. This tall, slender, skinny man in a dark outfit, no face, spider legs out of his back, very creepy. Um, so you, we start hearing stories like that, and and um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. You know, I mean, you've got your chupacabras, you've got the skinwalkers. What's a skinwalker? Uh, skinwalkers like. Um, uh, people that can shift, shapeshift animals, like lycanthropy like in mm-hmm. a sense, like werewolves, um, usually of the Native American descent, uh, and they can change into different things and different animals, monsters, creatures. Uh, the Skinwalker Ranch out in Utah, um, Colm Kelleher and George Knapp wrote a book about that. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, very creepy and weird. Right, even uh, close to home here, you got the Beast of uh, Bray Road right, over in, in southeast Wisconsin. Yeah, What's Linda that? Godfrey. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's more of a uh, werewolf werewolf type. Creature. And it sounds crazy, right? Well, but there was actually, and here's another fun one for you and your listeners. Go go check it out. There was a few years ago, a uh, guy working for the Department of Transportation, um, I think he threw. He had to go out and clean the roads of dead carcasses and such, and he threw a deer in the back of his truck and was getting ready to take off 
truck was stalled out or something, and all of a sudden, boom, something shakes the bed of his truck, and he turns around to see this hairy creature jump in, grab the deer, and take off into the woods. The guy's embarrassed to talk about it now, but it was in the news. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. so they thought it was maybe this beast of Bray Road, this werewolf or Bigfoot creature that came chugging along, grabbed the deer, and was off and running with it. Wow. So yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot of these different encounters and stories that, that go all over. But how do you dis- again? Some of it's so nuts. But then when you've got police officers talking about seeing it, right? You've got this, and you know, tying it, tying that back in. One of our uh, favorite stories talking about the black-eyed kids on our show. We were really heavy in that for about a year. And uh, when we told that story about the three standing next to the woman's bed, I get uh, an email, and we used to have cops show up at our station all the time to come talk to us because they listen and like the show. And the one cop goes, I got to tell you, we love the show. We love listening and getting creeped out. And we always try to keep the scary stuff for the last half an hour of the show. So 1130 at night, you know, <laughs> just to freak people out as they're going off to bed. And um, he goes, we listen to the show. We laugh because, you know, it sounds so absurd. And he goes, you're talking about black eyed kids. You come back from that break. You tell the story about the woman and the three kids by the side of her bed. Suddenly our radio crackles on. And we get a call. There's a disturbance. Some old woman is reporting that there are three teenagers she does not know in the yard, standing in the yard. And she said, we need somebody to go check on it. He goes, my partner and I looked at each other, flipped off the switch and said, oh, f*** that. And they wouldn't go check on it. The cops refused to go. I was like, that's your show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then we had pizza guys are like, man, you've ruined me. I can't go down streets without lights now. I just want to roll the window down and chuck the pizza and (laughs) honk the horn. Like a Frisbee. Yeah. So you got to love when you're getting into the mind of people and sharing those stories. So again, you know, our job is not to always judge the story. Never to judge. Let it it just be told. Yes. You know, now with that said, we've judged a few stories because people will make claims and then they shoot themselves in the foot. What's the most ridiculous claim somebody made? (laughs) Well, there's there's two that really stand out. Yeah. Um, And and, uh, one is this uh, Project Serpo, where supposedly the... (laughs) Uh, we're, we're in this kind of uh, foreign exchange student program with the Planet Serpo, where we send them some of our people, they send us some of their people. Oh, Planet like, Serpo. Right. Yeah, it was like seven seven astronauts yeah. were sent across to Planet Serpo, and we got some of their we got some of their astronauts. Yeah. And it's just this weird story. So, okay, cool. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Let's open it up. Let's get a but show But then I go, it. so how do you find this information? Well, I found some leaked documents online from the CIA. I'm like, really? Yeah. Yeah, they're out there, and blah, blah, blah. And I go... Well, was there like an official stamp that we can actually track back and see that this, if we do Freedom of Information Act, that we can find this document or that we can find it's missing and that document number 1111 is there in 11113, but not 1112? And he goes, well, no. And I said, well, then how do you know it's a legitimate CIA? Well, I found it online. (laughs) And I said, well, you know, people lie online. He goes, why would they lie about this? (laughs) And Tim and I think, I said, why would they lie? I go, are you not familiar with, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. People lie. (laughs) And he couldn't wrap his head around it. And and we ended up dismissing that show when when that's your big piece of information. Right, something you found online. You found it on the internet. found it on the internet. And, you know, people still find him compelling. Great guy, you know, fun, entertaining talk. But, you know, then the other guy was Edizoski, who is this... uh, paranormal researcher and came on our show and in the first hour bashed every paranormal tv show how bad they are at their ways of collecting evidence and how weak-minded people are to believe in all this stuff and he's like he's got audio engineers with over 40 years experience and and um uh people that uh, know dead languages that work with him so he can get these evp and he comes out blazing in the second hour he gives us his holy grail evp 
and we listen to it. Can't be deciphered. Can't be deciphered. No, EVP is electronic voice, voice phenomenon. phenomenon right? right. So he's doing this recording, and you hear this voice come over. It's very clear. It's more clear than their voices. And Tim and I both kind of give each other's look. Well, I heard what I thought I heard it say, so I type it in, and I find a page that pings up. Because I, at first it sounds almost like Latin right? You hear this this woman, as they're talking, you hear this woman's voice, very pleasant, say, AVS Media Demo. And you're like, oh, what kind of Latin is that? So I ch- start trying to type it in phonetically. AVS Media is a audio software company. And it has a watermark. So if you don't buy the full package, <laughs> every 30 seconds, you know, you're listening to uh, Chris Jericho, Dave Schrader, Tim Dennis, AVS Media Demo. And we're going to be talking about this in the AVS Media Demo. And, it just repeats itself. and he goes, this is, a, this is an, a forgotten language. This, You know, I've had linguists listen to this. They can't crack it. This thing's been around for 10 years. We listen in 30 seconds, crack the mystery. And I go, are you, f-? and this is the kicker, Chris, are you familiar with AVS Media? He goes, oh, yeah, we use that software. Why? <laughs> and I said, well, this is, Tim goes, that's a watermark. He goes, no, no, because the message is in re- it, when you reverse it, it says, is my baby, save it. Right. And we're like, oh, really? So we, so during the break, I go to Tim. I go, record yourself saying AVS Media Demo and then reverse it for me. So we come back and I go, okay. And we played some of his other EVP and they're really bad garbage. Yeah. And then I finally I go, well, you know, I want to go back to this piece because I, I let him stew for a little bit, give him some more rope to see what he'd do with it. And he's staunchly, defi- you know, denying that it's anything but what he says it is. So I said, well, I had Tim record it. So here's Tim. You hear Tim, AVS Media Demo. I said, now play it backwards. Yes, my baby. Save it. And I go, and he goes, well, you're comparing apples to oranges. I go, no, we're not. We took what I thought I heard. Tim recorded it. Yeah, but this one's in a woman's voice, and it's in this. And I go, right, but if theoretically, if we have something that's being said, and I can say it the same way, and then play it backwards, and we get the same deal, it's not what you think it is. And he refused. And then he went to war with us for like a week in emails. Oh, you guys are frauds and I'll be something and you guys will be nothing. And now nobody knows who Adazaski is anymore. But we called him out on the show. We ended up dumping him because it was just so nuts. Can you imagine him, you burst his bubble after 10 years <laughs> we of this. We felt bad. We didn't. I'm yeah. like, I, and I, you he know, couldn't and I, believe it. And I even wrote him in the email. I'm like, listen, I know this can be devastating because this was your career hinging piece. Right. And I'm sorry, we didn't, we weren't doing this to embarrass you, but you're a researcher, and you just spent the first hour telling us how people jump to bad conclusions. I was just giving you the insight, and then not only did I give him the insight, but I sent him. Tim was pulling up on YouTube all these videos that use the AVS Media software right. that have the watermark every the thirty seconds, voice. and it's this woman's <laughs> voice going AVS Media demo. I still wouldn't believe it, and guys. it's from England, and it's a woman with an English accent doing the watermark, <laughs> and he still wouldn't buy it. Poor so, dude. yeah. Oh, yes. And it would have been something, you know, if he, if he would have just taken a step back and said, you know what, David, Tim, you, uh, let me you know, look into this. Let me look yeah. into right. it. Let me look into it. Save face. Yeah. Right. And save face and then just back out of it gracefully. Then fine. Yeah. Then fine. No big deal. Right. Right. But no, instead it was, you guys are right. <laughs> yes. And you guys are trying to screw with and me. oranges yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. As- just- the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. 
As we uh, start to wind down here, there's something I've always had an affinity for. I always love the tales of lake monsters. <laughs> now, Minnesota is the, the state of lakes, land of 10,000 lakes, whatever it is. Have you heard any good uh, lake monster stories at all? Peppy. Yeah. Peppy. Yeah. Tell uh, me about Peppy. Go ahead, Tim. You're- Peppy is in, in Lake Pepin. In, in Minnesota, and Peppy is our version of the Loch Ness monster, mm-hmm. and there's much smaller and much more very, polite, yeah, and likes hot dishes. And cute, very cute. Um, but but uh, they've they've formed a festival around Peppy in Lake Pepin. Uh, although I don't know that Peppy has actually been photographed very often. Maybe mm-hmm. once. Isn't that where they put like the statue of it in the water? Yeah, too, for a long time. They did. Yeah, they so. had the, the statue in the water, and that was supposedly the big claim to fame. But they they had a contest, I believe, at this last uh, Peppy festival to try and find Peppy. And what was the uh, what was the prize? I'm trying to remember what the prize was. To find Set of encyclopedias yeah. or something. Yeah, Set of encyclopedias. yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was something. The Matthew's <laughs> restaurant, you get free coupons. Yeah, so you can oh, come on, on down. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you betcha. You exactly. get a free plate of tater tot hot dish, and of course, you know, you get a free scarf for the, no, I mean, uh, But um, but uh, you get uh, I don't know. So, so there was some weird prize, and and uh, but Peppy is our our big claim to fame. And but we, not, no one's ever really seen it though. Well, people have supposedly They've seen, seen it. it. But not voting, but they haven't photographed. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And, or or, or photographs, but again, they're the grainy yeah. kind of. There's distance. never been a real. There's been a couple that you can't really describe in all the different lakes. You know what's really hard though is now that we have high definition cameras, and you can start to see like in the Loch Ness. We now know a lot of those humps are just the waves, the right. rolling of the waves. But when we were looking at it through old CCTV granule, it looks like humps. Right now you can see it clearly. But there are still compelling aspects of all these stories. Does it mean that something wasn't there? And why couldn't it have been the ghost of something that was once there? Hmm. Right? You know, Bigfoot, they believe, could be a ghost. Maybe that's really? why it's there one second, gone another. Greg and Dana Newkirk from uh, Weekly Weird, I think, or Week, Week and Weird. Weird. Yep. Um, they've got a whole dissertation they talk about. They believe Bigfoot is a ghost. Really? Yeah. And it's it, interesting. It, or it can cloak itself. You know, so there are different aspects of these stories that, you know, make you, again, stand back and, and reconsider. And that's what we love. You know, 11 years in. And I don't know anything more than I knew 11 years ago, but I've got a whole new set of questions Mm -hmm. and I'm always intrigued by this. But if you like the the water monsters and stuff, there's I want to say it's like rice. uh, It's in Wisconsin. Um, Rice Lake. Rice Lake, something like that. Frank Joseph wrote a book about it, these pyramids that were underneath the water. Oh, that's right. In a lake in Wisconsin. And they can actually the pyramids uh, date to around the time of um, the Aztec and Mayan ruins. But sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not. And it's a very strange story, you know, when you start looking into those things. But could it be portals? Could it be things that we're just experiencing kind of a bleed through in time and space? Right. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's what part of these creatures are. And that's why they're there one second and gone, gone the, next. the next. Do you guys have a, like a lot of people coming to you to want to be guests on the show? Do you have bookers? Did you handle it all yourself? Amy is our uh, booking producer. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people reach out and they're like, hey, we want to be on the show. This is and I put them off to Amy. So vet them out and see if they're no, sh- no shortage yeah. of, uh, this, of guests uh, and topics. Uh, Ackroyd, Dan Ackroyd. Yeah, I don't know this dad, guy. Uh, no kidding. They were great. You know, Ackroyd yeah. was uh, when, before our show was uh, anything. And we were in uh, like our first infancy six months into the show Dan Aykroyd came out with his DVD uh, Dan Aykroyd Unplugged on, on UFOs that he did with David Sarita and we reached out to Aykroyd through his people and he said yeah I'll do the show so he sat You're at his crackling me. fire in Canada talking to us over the phone uh, ran right over us for an hour Oh yeah, I think I got out <laughs> four questions but I, I understood why I heard him on some other interviews and it would always turn to Belushi and the Coneheads sure, and, sure, sure, sure. and stuff that 
you know, he wasn't, and he's very but he's, passionate. But he's passionate about UFOs. Oh, he's passionate oh, about yeah. all aspects of the paranormal. Interesting. Uh, and then we had got to hook me up with him. Oh, man. I will. Five years ago, we had um, five years ago we had him and his father on the show. His father wrote a whole book because they donated. I believe it was Dan Aykroyd's father's dad, so Dan Aykroyd's grandfather was a huge paranormal researcher, and they donated all of this research to some library in Canada. And they're very much into it. So I talked to Peter Aykroyd and Dan Aykroyd. So those are two of our favorite guests that we've had on the yeah, show yeah. that are just, uh, you know, that was just kind of a, a cool capture when we were able to chat with them. And, and Aykroyd's always been a really great guest to, to chat with. And on the second, second time, he was much, yeah. he realized we weren't out to, well, sure, to sure. stalk him. Because you, you get Dan that Aykroyd. sometimes. People yeah. always want, you know, like the first time I had Slash on, he's a dinosaur fanatic sure. and a horror movie fanatic. Cool. But do not mention Guns N' Roses. This is before they got back together. Right. And why would right. I? I got right. Slash on the show talking about dinosaurs. Yeah. And then once you get into it a bit, then you start talking yeah. about other things, and then he opens up. But sure. I think a lot of those guys are, like you said, scared they're going to be, okay, have Dan Eichert on to talk paranormal. Okay, that's great. After five minutes. So tell us yeah. about Ghostbusters. Yeah. 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 Right? Exactly. Yeah. But you hear where he came up with ideas on this as he opened up to us. So it's, wow. it's been really fascinating Interesting. Yeah, you know, I think I had heard that before, because I know Sammy Hagar yeah. is also really into yep. UFOs as well. Well, Hagar had the experience with his uh, his father's estranged father yeah. came to see him um, and visit him at his apartment and then he found out that his father was dead like yep. two three hundred miles away right yep. and then he claims he was abducted by UFO so we yeah. tried to get Hagar on the on the he's me too he's hard to get he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's a, a tough, tough guy, guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know obviously we're just gonna have to abduct him <laughs> right. as aliens. Just dress up as aliens <laughs> yeah. I'll put on the gray alien costume <laughs> again. The old back to the future put on the uh, headphones and I, <laughs> we'll, 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 uh, we'll bring him in and we'll just do all of our shows together <laughs> with Hagar tied to a chair if <laughs> <laughs> you had any damn others? right you can't drive 55 <laughs> now Sammy has <laughs> <laughs> been other uh, celebrity guests that you've had on uh, oh, yeah. We've had a lot of really cool guests uh, through the times. So, you know, I think I've only nerded out twice. Once was Henry Winkler. Nice. The Fonz. Oh, right? huge. And I'm totally like, the Fonz was kind of supernatural. I'm like, what did I just say? I was totally Chris Farland, you know? Hey, remember the time you when you played the Fonz? You fingers and remember you'd hit the <laughs> Yeah, totally. And, and I totally gooped out And you beat Mork in a, in a battle of wills. Right, right. right. exactly. Right. It's funny, just as a and segue. Beat Satan. That's right, too. Yeah. Beelzebub. Exactly. I uh, accepted a booking at a Comic-Con, which I rarely do, only because... Because Henry Winkler is going to be there, sure. and my caveat was, I'll come do it, but you got to get me Henry Winkler for my podcast. So I got him. Nice. Well, and he's that's what I'm saying. Isn't he? One what, of the I haven't got him yet. Oh, I've heard oh. he's one of the nicest guys, and he's totally because you know he was a producer behind Sightings. Really? Yeah. Good to know. He's big into the paranormal, and he's written some children's books about ghosts. Wow. So he's he's really into this, and that's why we had him on the show. He was in town promoting something, and mm-hmm. we got him on, and we said we'll promote it, but we want to talk paranormal. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. came on, just one of the nicest guys. Yeah. But again. Yeah. It's it's one of like my most key embarrassing moments in eleven years of doing the show because I'm totally like I'm talking to the phone, and then Bruce Campbell, was yeah, the same way. another that one. Was, he was in town yeah. doing a, a, a screening, I think, of of his movie. They call my, me Bruce. Yeah, they yeah. call me Bruce. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and. He agreed to call in from this, so I for like ten minutes, and Tim just shaking his head, laughing at me from the other room. So those were, those were two, but uh, you know, and we've we've talked. To, I think paranormal uh, every paranormal TV show has been on with us. Yep. But then we've talked to um, Edward James Alamos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked to uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, Weird Science, Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock, yeah. yeah. 
she's still gorgeous. Right. And she told us about her paranormal experiences. Wow. Yeah, if you, when you're at Comic-Con, ask the other celebrities, man. They've got stories to tell. See, that's the cool thing that you guys have become kind of like the the, the guys, the go-to guys. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to come out if they have stories to tell and yeah. tell them to you. And they've been very forthcoming about it. Yeah. We you know, go to these conventions, and I'll just say, hey, do you have a story? And they're, yeah, come here. And they'll kind of fill us in. So I've had a chance to talk to Kane Hodder, you know, mm-hmm. from uh, uh, Friday the 13th. Jason, yeah. uh, chapters. Priest. Pat Priest from the yeah. Monsters. Eddie Munster, Butch Patrick's going to be on our show this week. So nice. we've got, uh, we, you know, we got a lot of cool That's guests. That's fun for quirky, you too. Yeah, yeah, quirky guests that have come on and are willing to share. We had uh, from, uh, oh gosh, now Corey Taylor. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's got a lot of great yeah, right. stories. And we had him on our show, and I, I brought him on Coast to Coast he's to a share great, his books. Great, and, and great stories. guy, and yeah. great stories about when they recorded some of the records and stuff. He's yeah. been on this show telling them as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so. we've had some cool celebrities. We, Wait, we've gone for this Jericho guy, but he's never returned. Yeah. 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 Now, now, We'd now, like now, to have him on. I, now I'm in. I don't know. Yeah. I'm in for sure. <laughs> I, mean, now I have yeah. to return the favor. Last question you kind of mentioned, Dan Eckersby, but who's your favorite guest that you've had on over the last 11 years? Ackroyd's going to be definitely one of them. Yeah, the other yeah. one we just did on a replay uh, was this woman. Uh, the press release was about this woman who came into the uh, contact with a human incarnation of Satan. Wow. <laughs> and she had this weird relationship with him, right? This this twisted story. And, and it was the PR was so good on this. And I'm like, I got to book this woman. And I had her on the show. And I go, well, how did you meet the devil? And she said, well, I like to dance. So I was looking in the penny saver and he was advertising, looking for a dance partner. And I said, well, it's good to know that even in this downturn of economic problems, the devil has to, you know, advertise in the penny saver to meet a concubine. And, and then he, of course he lived in a double wide in Arkansas mm-hmm. and he had two other double wides behind him where some of his, uh, satanic sluts lived. Right. But, but she was, she could get by with just dancing with him. She never had sex, oh, Okay, good, good. but it was nah. just this great story. And she believed it. And we kind of politely mocked her through the whole interview right. but she laughed along with us and she and we got done she's like that was such fun i'd love to come back but that that'll always go down as one of my favorites just because it was so out there so ridiculous yeah. but like you said if she believes it then you got a great show right. and when they're totally into yeah. what they're talking committing about, and, and you hear some of these weird stories and some of the dark bigfoot encounters the bigfoot outlaw guys we've talked to um you know, gosh, it, it, there's just it's hard to pin. It's like you know, I have seven kids. Which one is my favorite today? What's the flavor? What am I in the mood yeah. for? So, Tim, that's been it. Man, I tell you, um, of darkness radio or coast to coast? Oh, either or. Uh, man, Chris like, Lutz breaking him. He was a, we were yeah, his first interview. Yeah, ever. Yeah, because he had heard you about your show and yeah, yeah. Chris Lutz of Florida from the Amityville Horror family. Yeah, had never uh, inter- been interviewed before. And wow. he, he was willing to come out and tell a story. Yeah. We talked to Andrea Perrin yeah. long before Andrew's she been on the here. Conjuring, and so that that was kind of neat. To Great. I got to tell you, Chris, this is always this is always one of my favorite moments to talk about, and it seems kind of weird, but you know, and I know you can relate to this too, but but when. When you're a kid and you look at your parents and you tell them, I'm going to do this when you're, when you're a kid, like, you know, I'm going to be a football. It's yeah, like yeah, telling, sure, your, sure, sure. telling your kid, I'm going to be or when telling your parents, I'm going to be an NFL football yeah. player and I'm going to win the Super Bowl and I'm going to be the MVP. Mm-hmm. To us, doing Coast to Coast AM is kind of like telling your parents that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like the pinnacle. Sure. And, and you know that. It's from, the show of shows for this. At least it e- was. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So i i gotta say it was the first time dave hosted and i engineered coast to coast am and to hear the the position announcers say from minneapolis minnesota from the twin cities and your 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 guest host dave schrader and and to hear that position announcer say that to realize you're sitting behind the board to realize that you know what this is just the first of many times not just the first time but the first of many times and 
there's that moment that, that to me it's it, and I get goosebumps thinking about mm-hmm. it right now. That to me is like you know what that that's the Super Bowl right right there and right, that right. and and that that's the first of many Super Bowls. So to me that's a favorite moment. Um, as far as guests go. Uh, Man, that Edizowski show to me just, it makes me <laughs> laugh every single time. I love Edizowski. I, and I, I got to say that's one of my favorites. And in yeah. and, and the, uh, that that moment where Dave, again, and we, we covered it before, but with the Mark David Chapman where he's talking to Maria, and mm-hmm. he, in that moment, it, that gives me chills too when he says to her, do you think maybe he came back for you? Right. To Maria Simpson. Right, do you right, think right. maybe he came back for you? Mm. I get chills thinking about that moment too because it had never crossed her mind. Mm-hmm. And you're going on this journey with her for like an hour where she's talking fondly about Mark David Chapman and then all of a sudden Dave just on a Hits dime it turns that. it on yeah. her. And she goes, oh wow, you know, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something else. Lots of else. stuff to ponder, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dave and Tim from the darkness. I'm going to go get that uh, Elvis uh, outfit on now. All right. I appreciate <laughs> it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks to Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis of Darkness Radio, the huge, uh, huge fan base that they've got, the huge brand name of Darkness Radio. They're now bringing that over to the Jericho Network, and they're hosting Beyond the Darkness right here in Podcast One. So if you like what you heard here today, you're going to love Beyond the Darkness. That starts Monday, December 19th. Go subscribe now at iTunes. Get ready for that. A great new addition to the Jericho Network. And let me say thanks to all of you doing all your holiday shopping through the Talk is Jericho Amazon Network. It's the easiest way to support this show, as you know. Hopefully, it's uh, taking some of the stress out of shopping and gift-giving. I bought all my presents on Amazon this year. I feel bad for them all, but it's true. I guess what? Amazon made it so easy and hassle-free that I'm done. Yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Done with Christmas shopping early. I use my own Amazon links. It's kind of taking a little bit of Peter to pay Paul, but you might as well. It's like voting for yourself. I'm allowed to do that. And you can find my Amazon links at podcastone.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All right, I got Amazon links for the USA, UK, Canada A. Every time you use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs. You can buy just about anything you can think of on Amazon. If you uh, buy something and you take a picture of it and you post it at Talk is Jericho on the Twitter, I will uh, retweet it and I will uh, follow you. How does that sound? So go to podcastone.com, click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. Buy whatever you want. I did all my Christmas shopping online at Amazon. You can do the same. There's no hidden fees or extra charges. It just helps out this show. And uh, help out all the rest of my great sponsors there as well ddpyoga.com slash jericho buy anything on that ddpyoga.com site you get 25% off and if you buy a max pack or a combo pack you get a second one for 50% off uh, that 25% off so there you go it's, it's a little bit of uh, algebra all that matters is you're going to get a lot of cheap stuff if you go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho it's about time you check that out and then there's simply safe go to simplysafejericho.com uh, you get 200 bucks off simply safe special holiday security package s-i-m-p-l-i safejericho.com protect your house protect your loved ones omaha steaks feed your loved ones go to omahasteaks.com put my promo code Jericho in the search bar. Get your family gift pack for just $49.99. MeUndies. Go to MeUndies.com slash Jericho to get 20% off your Faust paddle juice. All right. Big thanks for checking out the Jericho Network at Podcast One. Let's go through the whole list. Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus. Every Tuesday this week, they're talking about the uh, worst match that Lance ever had. And Don is... Uh, Cyrus definitely ramping up his feud with Disco Inferno. I think it's going to end up uh, not well. Uh, keeping it 100 with Conan and the Disco Inferno on Thursdays. This week they talked to Jeff Jarrett. They talked to uh, Mr. 450, Hoovy Juice. They got the uh, uh, the Juicy Love Line. It's my favorite show. Great show. Fun to listen to. And the Team Tiger Awesome Show. Create a Star Wars character. Go listen to that. Crap Dude Fighter is my favorite. Very funny stuff. And starting Monday, like I said, Beyond the Darkness with Dave Schrader and Tim Dennis. Be prepared to uh, have the crap ski scared out of you every single 
single week. They prepare to have the crap dude fighter scared out of you every single week. I'm excited about all these great shows. Thank you so much for listening and supporting these shows. And of course, Talk is Jericho. Go to iTunes, hit the subscribe and stars. Uh, all of these shows are five star shows. I wouldn't be bringing them to you. Got a whole much, a whole bunch more on Slate for next year. And speaking of next year, it's only a few months. March 15, 2017. Mick Foley joins Talk is Jericho in 88 days for the biggest podcast ever you're going to love it thank you for listening today keep listening for the 60 second ap news headlines coming up next on wednesday i've been working on this one for three years since i first started doing the podcast it's a few episodes late i was going to try and make it the 300th episode i didn't get it in time but i got it now it is a huge rock and roll hall of famer all right one of the biggest rock stars in rock star history the biggest heavy metal band on the planet that's right talking about metallica Lars Ulrich is here making his talk as Jericho debut. And I promise you, this ain't your typical Metallica interview. It's one of Lars's favorites that he's ever done. We had a blast. You're going to love it. Lars Ulrich is here. That's a Merry Christmas present to you guys here on Talk is Jericho. One of the biggest guests in Talk is Jericho history here for you on, uh, on a, a, a great Christmas time. So there you go. We're excited. Lars is going to be here. We're really excited to have Lars Ulrich on the show because we've been waiting for such a long time to have him. And now that he's here, it's going to be something that's very special that you've never heard before. So we'll see you on uh, next Wednesday for Lars from Metallica. And it's going to be a great show. So we'll see you then. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big yeah, boy. Okay. Lars is coming! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.